0: That's who. Joining us now via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Highline whenever uh, we get him all loaded up here. I'm on. Chris Bowler, the Colts General Manager, now joins uh, us. Do you want me to ask you all the questions you want to ask over
1: here? No, fire away. All on, right. Fire away. So, who, uh,
0: quarterback wise, I want to start right here. Um, is, is that. The major, the full focus going into this draft is it quarterback and quarterback only, or are you going to give me that story where you guys are going to stay?
1: Well, I would stay. rather give you the story that we're going to move back and. Well, just I don't watch know if anybody eruption. wants to hear that one. That's a tough story <laughs> to sell right there. Now there, it is a focus, you know, yeah. because of the draft, because of where we're at, and you know the players in the draft. I mean, sometimes you know it's got to work out. You know, you got to, we got to be convicted. We're just getting the coaching staff on board. I want to get their take on it. We need to spend time with these guys. I mean, we've got the tape, and that's the number one thing you're, you're looking at. But then when you – now the intangibles, now spending time, how can they process, what can they handle mentally, how are they going to handle you know the pressures, all that stuff we got to still dig into.
0: Do you want the team around him to fit the quarterback or the quarterback to fit the team, the guys that you presently have? How do you guys view that?
1: Well, I mean, look. I think anytime you, you're going to play to your quarterback's strengths. You know, when you when you draft a kid, you got to have a plan in play. Much like in any player you take, he's got to fit. He, you got to fit what he does well. You know, into your offense, which I think Shane will do.
0: So, Chris Ballard, who joins us here at the NFL Combine, when you look at the tape, how do you compare the tape you see from these guys to those conversations, those interviews, and then certainly the workouts you end up seeing?
1: Yeah, that's a you know, the workouts are important, but I the tapes the the biggest thing. I mean, they're throwing on air and I've always said that and I always laugh when you know, they'll say a script the guy completed 49 of 50 today. Well, freak, I hope so. There's no rush. I mean, he's throwing on air. But the tape, you know, we'll, we'll spend a lot of time with these guys, you know, with these players, and much like we do at every position, you know, watching their tape, asking them questions, uh, picking their brain about what they can do, what they've done, uh, good plays they've made, bad plays they made. You know, give us an explanation, um, and it'll be a good process.
0: You make any philosophy adjustments to the first six years compared to now going into year seven? as far as the makeup, the blueprint of this roster?
1: I still believe that you win. I still believe you win up front. I still got believe you got to be good on the O-line and D-line. Um, I still believe you have to be explosive um, and you have to take the ball away on defense. Um, we've got to find a way to create more explosive plays on offense, which of course that comes with explosive players. Um, and so I don't know if philosophically, I think I would tell you I've grown in terms of you know, I do understand the explosive plays are are important, but I've always kind of understand that. But it starts up front. You know, you you it is hard when you can't block people and you don't play good up front.
0: So Chris Ballard, who joins us, how many explosive players do you believe that you have on this roster right now?
1: Well, the year before, the same guys were pretty explosive. I mean, Pittman was did, a good. Did player. we lose some explosion <laughs> yeah. over a season? Yeah. Is that what happened? Well, I don't know. I don't – you know, we just didn't play good. and But I still think Jonathan Taylor is a really explosive player. I think our young tight ends are going to add something. I, I think Jelani, you know, and Granson are both uh, young players that, that have a lot of upside potential. And it will be interesting to see everybody to watch Ogletree who got hurt because we think he's a really talented, talented player. I think we saw the good flashes of, of Pierce um, as a down-the-field player. Um, And and Pittman's been a really good player for us, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, making big catches. And at one point he led the league a couple years ago and most first downs converted um, at the wide receiver position. So we got work to do. Um, but I don't think it's just completely devoid of talent.
0: I'm uh, I'm assuming you're going to ask me when I ask this next question. You're going to tell me that well, we've drafted guys at that position over the past you know two or three years. But how much more explosive do you feel you need to be, especially on the outside? And considering what we see, I mean, you were in Kansas City. You, you see what they have. You see what they lost, and still see what they have. Obviously, when Shane was in Philadelphia, had you know one of the more explosive wide receivers. Actually, two if you want to count that. How much more explosive do you feel that this needs to be, especially with your guys on the outside, with individual playmaking ability?
1: Um, I mean, I think you're always trying to add guys that can create after the catch. I think that's an important trait that you're always trying to add. And even comparing it to, you know, to the teams you talked about, I mean, Philly's done a tremendous job, you know, with their their players, but I'll tell you this, they're really good up front, too. As is Kansas City, um, and the quarterback in Kansas City makes a lot of things, you know, sure. really, really bright and shiny.
0: Well, I mean, you were you were also a part of that when they brought in yeah. those pieces that are also bright and shiny that yeah. Yeah. that seemingly are always there. Even when you lose one, it seems like you just shove a couple of others in there, and that works as well. Yeah. So, um, it's Chris Ballard who joins us. What happened to the offensive line? You old wow players, part of those old wow players in your philosophy is up front of that offensive line. It didn't work out that way a year ago. Yeah. Where did that start?
1: I think I underestimated plugging into you know, we had had such great continuity. Um, you know, and then when Costanzo retired, even with Eric Fisher, you know, Eric played pretty good football for us, you know, the year before in 21. And then we decided to go young there. We had the growth pains of a left tackle that we think is going to be a pretty good player. And we had a young player at right guard. And getting, and I think I overlooked and underestimated the continuity of those five guys playing together. Because it is. It's five is one. And they got to, they got to be playing together. Um, and it, I do say that once we got into the season, I thought that they played better down the stretch than we did early.
0: Look like Ryman played better down the stretch. Do you, right now, do you believe him to be that anchor on the left side? Yeah, I mean, he's sure trending in the right direction, and he
1: did. He he played a lot better. I mean, he, he had, look, he had some struggles naturally like most left tackles do, you know, when they first come into the league. Uh, most of them struggle. But, you know, to his credit, he hung in there. He persevered. He didn't. He didn't hang his head. He kept working, and he got better as the season went on. So I do think he has a a very bright future.
0: Do you expect this offensive line to move in to to next year without a change or two along it here? We'll create competition. Yeah,
1: we'll create some competition there.
0: Now, through the draft, through free agency, how do we handle that?
1: Probably both. Probably both.
0: Um, Coaching, Tony Sperano Jr. He's a guy that obviously is a legacy. Um, I know he's been an assistant. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think he's ever held down being a coach of, you know, positionally a unit like this. Uh, Because he hasn't done that before, is there any apprehension at all there or a full belief in what he can do with this offensive line that didn't happen a year ago?
1: Yeah, I think really excited. Um, And, you know, Shane interviewed five or six different guys for the position and he was excellent and then the recommendations were excellent not only from coaches but from players um that and that was really encouraged to see you know i know the unknown nobody wants to bet on the unknown but i we think he's got great upside we think he'll do a great job with the guys we think he'll do a great job connecting coaching demanding and getting the best out of the group
0: were there issues there a year ago no. I don't I don't want you to throw anybody under the no. bus, but
1: I wouldn't say that. I said the issues were more from an inexperienced standpoint of plugging in two new players into a group. I mean, I think that's the one thing about the offensive line that people don't like they focus on one guy, but it is it is it is literally 5 is 1. They got to play together as a unit. It's a, almost a team within a team. And, you know, it took some time for that to gel.
0: So Chris Ballard, who is with us. Defensively, this, this kind of occurred to me in, in Gus Bradley. Has that been solidified yet? I don't know if I've seen you guys say that it's happening, reports. Gus Bradley is back, right? Yes. Um, here's what I want to get to. Fourth quarter of games, especially in the latter part of the season, was an issue. And certainly while the defense played better wholly than the offense over the course of the season – is there anything that you're looking at? I mean, hardcore focused in on why that defense had its struggles, especially in late-game situations later on in the season.
1: Well, yes, and we do have to play better at the end of games. We got to get them off the field. You know, they played a lot of snaps, and, and that's when you see the attrition is at the end of games. But we got to, it's not an excuse. We got to finish. We got to find a way to finish games. Um, And we got to find a way to either finish it by, you know, with a turnover or with a sack.
0: All right. Edge pressure. I liked it when you guys went out and got Yannick Ngakwe. I know he's going to be a free agent. What did you like from him, and is he in the mix to bring back, or, or are you looking for a little bit something different moving forward here?
1: No. I mean, look, we like Yannick, and he had a really good year for us. Um, of course, when a guy hits free agency, you you, yeah. you never know. You'd like to get everybody back. I wasn't incur- – you know, I do I – re- and I think as a group, they played really well. I think they ended up with 45 sacks, which is, you know, pretty good. Um, and we like, we like the development of our young – Players, we like the, yellow, the development of Dio, how he came on, especially the second half of the year. quitting. Um, we still think Buckner's a premier player. We thought I thought Grover Stewart played as good as any nose guard played in the league last year. You know now, but you, you've got to have a, you've got to you get eight or nine players where you can rotate them in. So we got some work to do.
0: This is Chris Ballard with us, the Colts general manager. We're here at the NFL Combine. Shaquille Leonard full go? Any apprehension whatsoever that he's not going to be what he was a couple of years prior to that injury? Where are you right there? I'm not
1: going to bet against him um, just because of who he is and how he works. So we're not there yet but he's working you know he's working hard
0: does that at all adjust how you approach in free agency and this is your own here with okara and and with ej speed
1: yeah no and they're both really good players i mean yeah we've done a we've done a pretty good job you know at that position um they're definitely guys that you'd love to have everybody back uh, but unfortunately reality is you don't get them all back Uh, but we think the world of both of them and you know we'll is it with a representation and, and see what we can figure out here going forward? What do you
0: think about your free agency list? You like bringing back your own, re-signing your own. You got, you know, including Paris Campbell. I didn't mention him offensively on that list. number of these guys that you definitely would like to have back. Maybe you focus in on trying to get back here.
1: There'll be a few, and then there'll be some guys outside, too, that we focus in
0: on. So you're going to spend big money in free agency? Is just, that what you're saying? It's just a ton. Just a ton. Did you, hey, you guys <laughs> highlight that? Just a ton. <laughs> Just a ton, yes, so just a up, ton in free agency. Truck. <laughs> well, I mean, and I know you got to run here, and I'll let you go. Sorry, Matt. Sorry, Steve. But um, you—that philosophically has been your mo to re-sign your own, and you go out in free agency, but you don't overspend. And that was a part of the question I asked a little bit earlier. With the first six years, do you change that—that that train of thought? Yeah, that philosophy at all? I
1: guess that's where. I mean, we. You know we traded for buckner yeah he paid him over 20 million dollars now would you consider that a small contract no that was an investment yeah. it was uh, that's yeah a, that's an investment we spent good money to go get yannick we spent to go get gilmore so and and even when we signed when you look back at the D'Amico autries of the world the jabal Sheards, like it's not like we've been just completely void of going in the free agency have we gone and got necessarily you know the biggest fish on the market no we have not and i don't know if that will change much um but i also don't know if that necessarily equates to winning either
0: yeah well i'm i'm curious here Jacksonville went out and got a couple of wide receivers, and one being Christian Kirk, and they were widely panned for doing that. But as an end result, it did work out. Now, I know that they probably wouldn't do that and really didn't want to do that, but they were kind of forced into getting that help for Trevor Lawrence. Do you kind of feel the need to go out and, and do that for whomever your quarterback is, is going to be drafted coming up here in the spring?
1: Well, he's, he's got he's to be able to play and fit. Like, it'd be easy to just go sign somebody, but he's got to fit what Shane and the offensive staff
0: want. Well, I'm trying to find out who you're going to draft by asking that. (laughs) I'm just curious. I mean, yeah. yeah. because because the weird thing about Shane is he's handled so many different quarterbacks you know from Jalen Hurts to, to Justin Herbert to you know being with Philip Rivers and he's he's thrived in it all i'm just going to get a read on what this offense may look like
1: i think i think over time you'll i think the one thing great about Shane is you've seen is that he's been able to adapt i mean he's gone from Philip Rivers to Herbert you know to uh, to in Philly where they just totally transformed the offense to fit Jalen Hurts. So I think it all depends on, you know, who is playing quarterback, and that's how he'll adjust the offense.
0: Did he blow you away in the interview process? He was really good. What, what did he blow him. you away? Because his, his, he had to blow you away with a five-word answer because he's very soft-spoken. He doesn't say too much.
1: No, but he's all ball. His attention to detail, um, his conviction in how he wants to do things, his mind. He, look, he's got a very fast – creative mind, Um, and he's always thinking of ways of how to fit players and put them in the best best position to be successful, which I think he has proven over time he can do.
0: So he did. Is there anything specific, though, that you would point to in the interview process? You went, all right, this is the guy. Mr. Ursay, this is the guy.
1: When he talked through... When he talked through, first you could feel him, his presence. You know, when he walked in the room, when he talked and his conviction into it. But then when he talked through about their process in Philly, you know, how they evolved, with, which I think is good coaching. Like, all right, so we're, you know, we've got Jalen. we got to make Jalen work, which people forget. I think they started out 2-5 and five or 2-6, and six, you know, a couple of years ago. And then they just transformed the offense kind of midstream to fit him you know to me that that was a that was a big point where i said okay this he's very adaptable with 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 whoever he's playing with whatever players he has
0: you figure out how you're going to handle matt ryan here now we're working are we going to wait yeah. until march for the Or i guess we're gonna, in march we're right, right, in right now Mar- we're actually in March. middle right march yeah we'll,
1: we'll make a decision
0: here in the next couple you weeks. don't want to make it right here for no. everybody all right <laughs> Hey, but spending big money is what you did say, and I have that. We have that here (laughs) on video. All right, you guys go ahead and go. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate that. Chris Ballard, the Colts general manager with us.